I'm in Max, Max, Max. You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. I should turn the mics on. Hi. Hi. We're okay here. This is Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, Season 20, Episode 14, if memory serves. My name is Stu. And I'm Jim. Kimmy will be along shortly. She's in traffic. It's been that kind of morning. (laughs) In this episode... We have very small pages. In this episode, I did... yeah, my printer had large paper in it, so I just printed it big, <laughs> rather than walk ten feet and get letter-sized paper. Didn't you have a child in the house that you could have sent to? They don't listen to me anymore. <laughs> in this episode of Happy Chicks Every Podcast, we're going to start our series of jamming tips, and today we'll be talking about fleshing out NPCs. Uh, Aislin, as he pronounces it, Aislin, I think, mm-hmm. uh, writes it about pacing a high travel campaign. Tommy in Finland sends some thoughts on characters. Abilities and lack thereof, and how that affects a campaign. And Bill in Longmont, Colorado, sends a GURPS jamming success story. Yeah! 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 And there's Kimmy. Hi! We just started. Oh, my mic is on the ground. I'm sorry, I hit traffic. Yeah, I figured. I hope you didn't actually hit the traffic. I got backed into today. I was driving uh, uh, to Target, Mm -hmm. and I'm stopped, Mm -hmm. and there's a uh, like a Hertz rental van in front of me uh, at the at the red light, and I guess uh, she was in the uh, crosswalk. Oh, didn't see me behind her, and I'm eight feet away. Yeah, I see her backup lights turn on, so I start stepping on my on my ho- or, or slamming Play on my horn. horn. Yeah. Backs all the way, boom, right into me. I'm like, what the fuck? So I get out of the car, and of course, I've been on steroids, so I'm a little aggressive. You're right? Raging. <laughs> I get out oh, of the, the car. Way over there. Is it, is it right? It, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. Just checking. Yeah, because it was it was mostly on the door, oh, so I I, 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 okay. I nudged That's cool. it. Okay. Um, the so I um, I get out of the car and I look. All she did was like break my license frame plate and bend oh, them, and yeah. there's no zero damage. Her bumper's fucked up. So, uh, and I'm looking at the, I'm looking, waiting for the person to get out, because I'm like, you know, you're driving away. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, there's no damage. I'm not gonna. Right, but be a she dick. hopefully won't say that you ran into her. Well, no, she got out of the car. Okay. She got out of the car, and and she's like, obviously, just must have just started some job. Yeah. Because she's got this orange vest on, like orange, like oh. safety stripe vest on or something, and she gets out and she, she's like. I'm really sorry. Like, he just bent the license plate. Don't worry about it. Oh, you back nice. in the car, go away. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Um, well, yeah, if there's no damage, I'm not going to fuck people. No, I, I got screwed over one time because there was a guy who, like, in, like, like really slow traffic, I, like, bumped, and I got out, and I took pictures. Neither one of us had any damage. Uh-huh. Like, we literally were going, like, four miles an hour. Right, and then like, and I gave him my insurance information just in case and all that stuff. And then he tried to claim that like massive damage on his car. He tried to claim that he had to go to the doctors and spent like almost a hundred grand on like chiropractor and stuff. I'm like, I hate those fucking yeah. people so much. Like, and it, the old, luckily, <laughs> luckily, I guess he didn't pay attention that I'd taken pictures because literally my license plate wasn't even bent. Right. So they, right. they, they're like, I was like, here is my car after the accident with his car. Like, if there's that much damage, how come my license plate isn't even bent? Right. So that's what saved me, thank goodness. So People are jerks sometimes. Yes, they are. Anyway, that has nothing to do with our tabletop RPGs. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but before we get back to tabletop RPGs, yes. if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. It's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Oh, that, that I had to put take that down. That's okay. We'll fix it. Because um, when I slam the door when we're, we were recording, oh, all, of, all of the pins fall off. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, RPG at gmail.com. Uh, on the social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, happyjacksrpg, all one word, all lowercase, or uppercase if you want. I don't think it matters one way or another. It won't. But it might. doesn't. Okay. All right. And if you want to watch the show live, normally we do the shows on Friday at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Today we're doing it at 12.49 <laughs> 
p.m. Pacific time yes. on Saturday. So welcome to the. There's a few. Oh, Bill's there. Well, yeah, we'll get Bill's away. Yeah, of course. Hey, Bill. Bill's in the chat room. Oh, Hi, Captain. Bill. Oh, Captain, my captain. Yes. <laughs> and so there. And we got special giant paper today. And we have special giant paper. Because <laughs> my eyes are old. So I wanted to kind of start. I wanted to start doing some like a, a, a series of GMing tips. We've done this in the past, uh, and then we forget every like five, six seasons. I yeah. think we we do this, and I think it's probably probably time to do it again. Yeah. So, um, and what I'd like to talk about this time is NPCs. Basically, how to flesh out NPCs. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the ways you make NPCs memorable to your players? How do you determine how NPCs will react to unexpected actions from players and stuff? And how you make NPCs likable, memorable, or unlikable, trustworthy, mm-hmm. untrustworthy, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Does anyone have anything they would like to start with? I have some notes, but... Oh, okay. I'm you have um, I do. I think one of the things that... I think a lot of people are good at flushing out NPCs when it's not on the fly. I think that's one of the, the times it becomes really difficult is when suddenly the players take an unexpected turn and you're in a place that you haven't planned out. Right. And you're trying to come up with NPCs that seem like you planned them because you don't want your players to know that you have no fucking clue what's happening. So um, the trick I always pull out for that because I do play very sandbox or run very sandboxy games is I skin them over people I already know. Like, um, oh, there you go. That's good. Yeah. Idea. So this is, you know, Bob the Baker, and he's actually Stork. Um, in my brain, I am just doing my best Stork impersonation. <laughs> and how would Stork <laughs> respond to these people? And it becomes a very flushed out character very quickly. The players don't know that I'm being so that's Stork. Your, so that's your grumpy, cr- yeah, yeah, creepy yeah, who like loves anybody. buns. Because can you imagine mm-hmm. the buns jokes available with a buns, baker? Buns, 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 buns. yeah, buns, buns, buns. buns. And so stuff like that. So I think that's my, my quickest go-to that, that makes, um, you know, when I go in a place that I haven't already planned out, I don't know who everybody is, I can create characters that seem very realistic, that have quirks about them, that have, like, voices, kind of, because I'm not going to do, like, total stork, because then people will be like, you're just being stork. Although the buns puns would probably give that give away, that away. Too. Good. But, um... And it, and it makes them really uh, really realistic. Um, you can also do it with um, people from movies. It doesn't have to be just people you know. Um, <coughs> I pull out, you know, I've been my husband in games. Nobody knows. <laughs> but, uh, you know, or you pull in someone from, uh, you know, oh, this is basically... Is a very calm, low-key... Calm, super, with a very sexy voice. Very wise. Okay, that I can't comment on. No. But, yeah. <laughs> Oh no, his his voice is like melted butter. <laughs> it, it, it's true. It, it is. He's got a good voice. Um, he had a cold this week too, which made it super sexy. It's like he pro- super, super low. low. He's like, hey, <laughs> do you have any night quill? So anyway, that's my go-to. Totally, he totally opened you up for an opportunity to roofie your own husband right there. <laughs> when, yeah, he was feeling really bad. <laughs> But uh, that's my go-to trick with, especially for unplanned NPCs, which I I find are the greatest challenge when you're fleshing yeah. out NPCs or when they are those uh, spur-of-the-moment people. I, I think that's a, a super good point. That you know the the ones that you know are going to come up. Yeah. You know you've you've given some thought to, so they're pretty should be pretty fleshed out mm-hmm. to begin with. It's when they go, yeah, I want to go to the blacksmith. <laughs> oh. Crap! I need. Uh, a, I, now I need a blacksmith. Yeah. Okay. That was on my list, but I haven't gotten there. I didn't, I didn't make that guy yet. Right. Um, uh, I tend to go to a go to movies and books um, for inspiration for on the spur of the moment NPCs. Yeah. Um, and um, I made a couple of notes when I was thinking about this. Uh, make them unique. So when you've got that inspiration from a book or a movie or someone you know. Do that and then twist it around a little bit yeah. to make it different somehow. Um, and don't make them all the same. No Bob the Bartender mm-hmm. kinds of things. Um, That's a great name, though, Bob the Bartender. Bob the Bartender? Yeah. It is. Um, give them a distinctive characteristic or mannerism. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, it, you don't have to give them an accent or um, you know get super involved, but just give them something that's identifiable mm-hmm. as them. That is, it's, you know, a mannerism or a speech idiom or something like that that's, that they do that makes them recognizable. Yeah, and it can be something as, as simple as 
well, before they say everything. Like, they just have to think about it for a second. Like, they're not, like, right. the brightest bulb. And so it's like, they ask get, ask them a question, like, well, oh. yeah, I think they were over there and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it was last Friday? Well, I can't quite remember, but yeah. And then it's or like, like they could, like, say, like, like, like oh everything, God, like, like, everything, every time, all, all the time. Or, right? <laughs> right? It could be like a Silicon Valley oh presenter. So, so we're doing this, right? right. And we got it. And then this, space, and we're doing right, this right, right, and this and right, right, and we're going to do that right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you don't, like, it's not, like, those things I think that's, that's a good point you made about it. It doesn't have to be an accent. Right. Like, right? <laughs> it can be something as simple as, just like, a speech pattern or a word that they go to. Because we do that as humans. We all right. have those words that we, yeah. We go to when, <laughs> when indubitably. we're indubitably <laughs> when we're pausing or we're thinking, you know, ums a lot of like everyone has their own fluency pause exactly word. Right. and yeah. um yeah and like, um uh, like uh yeah oh um, yeah uh yeah yeah I know that's my favorite right when you're saying yeah and no at the same time <laughs> yeah no yeah, yeah no <laughs> <laughs> and everyone has a different definition of what that means when they say it yeah no one's definition is quite mm-hmm. the same. I think another. Oh, were you going to say something? Go. Oh no, go ahead. Keep oh. going. I, 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 I do. I have a a, a little bit uh-huh. of something. I think um, when you are planning out like a, a large, if, if it's if it's an NPC that you've actually planned, knowing their connections to other people in the game, mm-hmm. like uh, like. See, now I'm thinking about them. <laughs> Fluency causes it's a fascinating topic. It is. Um, like the the blacksmith from your for the example Bob the blacksmith like what is his relationship to you don't have to have it like with everybody it's not like this giant web but of the main NPCs that you want them to interact with you know uh, like what are their relationships to each other do they know each other like does Bob the black or Bar- Bob the bartender so, all right no, no Bill okay. the blacksmith Bill and, the blacksmith Bob the bartender yeah there we go um, and Stork the the uh, baker the you know, so- Stork the sommelier yeah there you go. Um, do they know each other? Like, do they like each other? If they go to one for information, are they going to get the same information from the other one is a key thing. Like, because that can be, I mean, depending on how simple you want it to be, that could be interesting if two people don't like each other and they give separate accounts of something that happened. Mm-hmm. So having, like, those things kind of flushed <clears throat> out. Players may never know about that, and that's, like, if you have a lot of time to plan. But that's something that I find, especially in video games, I really love seeing those connections between NPCs, even sure. though they're totally programmed. We had, like, three different points on this topic, do you want to? Yeah. Ta- do you want to talk to this one before we move on to the next one? Oh, it doesn't matter. It, it, this is all free form. Uh, because this kind of flows into the okay. the second point for me, which is how do you determine NPC actions? Yeah. Uh, and for me, it's all about knowing who they are, mm-hmm. what they care about, what they want, and what resources they have. Right. And if I know those th- those th- couple of things about an NPC, I can pretty organically flow what they're going to do Sure. in a circumstance. Uh, another option is to make like bullet points of responses to things, but that's risky in that if the play deviates from your, your thought process... And it will. And it will. It will. Sure. You're going to end up having to figure something out. Right. And then your, your bullet point list doesn't help you. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the, what I've started doing, and I've actually been doing this for a long time, is I will write down like a summary phrase of that character's worldview. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it's usually not as broad as a worldview. It's more like, well, here's what I'm doing for the L5R game. Uh, there's a there's a NPC called Shinsei mm-hmm. who is basically sort of L5R's Rokukan's version of Confucius. And there are people online who have collected literally hundreds. Let me see here. I'm looking at my one note right now. 424 sayings. You want to go back the other way? A little bit. Yeah, All right. 424 sayings of Shinsei. Mm-hmm. So what I've done, and I have not read all of these, but what I'm going through right now, and I'm finding ones that I like, and I'm assigning them to an NPC. So, like one of the people I you might like meet, that. one of the people you might meet, mm-hmm. his his um, phrase is, "If you're going to eat poison, make sure you lick the bowl," <laughs> which yeah. is one of the one of the Shinsei sayings. That's awesome. So that's hardcore. This this guy's like, <laughs> which basically means, "In for a penny, in for a pound." Yeah. Right. So if I'm going to do something stupid, I'm going to commit to it fully. Mm-hmm. 
Now, is he also gonna, it's better to die swiftly than slowly. Right. <laughs> so he is. So this particular NPC. Now you may not know that this NPC has this particular phrase. No. That's kind of for me internally. Yeah. Although he might at some point say, "Well, I shouldn't say, didn't say." You know, yeah. go on with it. But but it's going to determine how he's going to react to things that you do. Because this guy's like, if I'm going to do something dumb, and I'm not saying I'm gonna, but if I am gonna, I'm going full bore. Yeah. I'm licking the bowl. Yeah. So when when you guys come up to him at some point, perhaps, and say, hey, we need your help with this crazy thing we're trying to get done, there might be some... Whether or not he does it might depend on the circumstances mm-hmm. and what sort of relationship you've developed with him. Yeah. But if he's gonna do it, this is the reaction he's going to have. You know what I mean? And I think having that kind of sort of, just like a little philosophical insight into that character mm-hmm. gives, informs so much in, like as Jib was saying, when you when you develop all of, you want this, you want to take this? Yeah, I'm going to do this. Okay. When you're developing your bullet points, or bu- if you try to develop bu- bullet points and if-then statements when you're determining how the how the, the character is going to going to react to, to to unexpected situations, mm-hmm. like you said, it's eventually going to deviate, and then you're going to have to improvise anyway. But if you have some sort of underlying thought process this character goes through, or mm-hmm. some sort of underlying philosophy that this character has, even if it's only a matter of a few words, right? that gives you as the GM a framework into which you can spit the data, which is all of the stuff the characters are want to do that you weren't ready for, mm-hmm. and you can use that f- little philosophical phrase to determine how this character gonna is going to react to that information. Yeah. No. That's, that's something I've been doing for a long time. Yeah. Um, it is, in the L5R game, I'm specifically flavoring it mm-hmm. with... You know, honestly, many of these things are probably Confucius. Mm-hmm. Probably. Because I doubt... Any of the game developers actually sat down and wrote. I mean, this is like four hundred little quips, sayings of of Shinzei. Yes. Uh, say w- one word with your mouth shut. I don't know. See that that one's not that one's not useful. Let's see if I can find a good one. Uh, Every man is the architect of his own future. True courage is to stand against evil, even when we stand alone. You either live in hope. Or you live in despair. Our lives are measured not by gaining, but giving. Mm. So I mean, and you say each, not all of them, because some of them doesn't make any sense. But um, but like our lives are made by not gaining but giving. What an awesome little mm-hmm. philosophical kernel inside of the a monk that you guys happen to meet, right? Absolutely. You know, and and, you, and that flavors how they do. How they approach everything. Yeah, yeah. So it may not say that in this exact situation, this is his response. Right. But it informs how you would appro- the mindset you would adopt when playing that character. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, to me, that's that's a much easier way of developing, giving your your NPCs that kind of intricacy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it really it isn't intricacy. It's like this is his philosophy. Yeah. But if the players don't know it, they're, they're going to see how the guy reacts, and they may think, "Oh, we got a lead on this guy," but no, maybe yeah. you don't because that, that's. I, I think that that's a way to distill down what I was saying earlier about yeah. these are the things I want to know. It's very simple, uh, but but yeah. and distill that down to a single phrase, yeah. right? And I think it's great there because well, it takes some planning. It doesn't take. Ridiculous amounts of planning, so you can do many NPCs with a, a, a significant level of depth with that one phrase, yeah, sure. um, without spending a shit ton of time on it, which right. is super helpful as a GM because none of us have enough time. And I've got four hundred of them. Yeah, so you've got four hundred NPCs there that like just waiting, and you can immediately. And then same thing if you get to a place where you don't have an NPC planned, pull one of the ones you haven't pulled yet. Boom, there's your new NPC. Right. Put a name and you know some hair color on them. Mm-hmm. Um, to do that. Here you go. Yeah. Number three fifty six. While you rest, the enemy practices. Boom! Right there. Like that is a whole NPC. Like yep. no matter what you put on, like to dress them up, like that is the essence of them. That's awesome. Exactly. I think that's a spectacular idea. I yeah. love that. I will steal that. Yeah. Consider oh. it stolen. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go yell at your son to get off the internet. 
He's not. Oh, he's not? Oh. No, it's not him. Oh, okay. I did not reset the router. Uh, well, we'll are, just hope for the best. Are we being wonky? We're being wonky. Ah. Are people complaining, or is it just that it's in the red? No, they're mostly talking to Bill about England. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Bill talking about England is far more interesting than us. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I am, in fact, completely bored by our conversation, and I'm going to talk to Bill about England. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you can never bake the same cake twice. That's a good one, too. I don't know what it means. That's for <laughs> st- not Stork the Baker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who has buttons puns. Oh, there's there, 360. <laughs> if you eat poison, don't forget to lick the dish. Yep, that's a good one. A gift is given for the purpose of receiving one. Yeah. Hmm. That's I like that one. That <laughs> one's deep. Like, does that mean you give a gift because you expect one eventually? Like, that's how I read that. Right. That's Suspect that all men are liars and that it will rain tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my basic philosophy of life. You can right. put that one on me <laughs> because you know, basically, if you assume that the worst possible outcome is what's going to happen, mm-hmm. there are two possible resolutions here. One, either the worst possible thing actually does happen, in which case I was prepared for it, right? Or something better than that happens, in which case I can be pleasantly surprised. Sure, absolutely. Uh, truth and peace never live under the same roof. <laughs> Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. Um, the other, the other point that we had was how do we make a car- an NPC likable or unlikable? Mm-hmm. I think it's baked into what we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, you may, if and if you know the things that are of interest to the player characters, then you can make a character that is likable to that person mm-hmm. um, and um, that's going to help make that character likable to them there is absolutely zero way that I have ever found to predict what NPCs the player characters are going to attach to oh, and which ones they're not I have no idea you just can't well I, I was gonna, I was going to say um, their the, the, their actions sometimes can help you manipulate the player's outlook towards that NPC. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes. If you got someone who's really selfless, who's doing good works, or, or you know, helps the, NPC, the PCs in a time of need, they may very well go, that was, that's a good guy. we got to remember that guy. Maybe help him out when he needs help or whatever. But then again... Why was he helping us? Why was what he does he want us? from what us? What does he want? What is his ulterior motive? Let's exactly. kill him now and be done with it. <laughs> right. And that's the problem. You'd never know. It depends how suspicious, but, but, suspicious the players but are in a particular thing. moment. Either one of those answers works just fine. Absolutely. Sure. And, and could very well make for interesting play. And either one can be right. Either one can be But they both could be right. Right. Because he could be very trustworthy up to a point. Mm-hmm. Or very trustworthy right up until the bad guys get leverage on him and force him to do something. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing is, I'll, um, it doesn't have to be just stuff that the NPCs do to or for the players. They can you can you can when you start a scene like okay you're you're walking up to the to the the, the baker's the baker's store bakery I guess they would call that. Um, <laughs> His name's Cork. Cork the baker. Cork the baker. You're walking up to Cork to Cork the baker's place, and you're you're actually coming in from the back, and you notice that that he's got uh, there's a, he's put a little saucer of milk out for the stray cats, mm-hmm. just a little thing. Yeah, he likes cats, so you know he's probably psychotic. Because <laughs> you know all cats are right. sociopaths. Or or he's you know at, at the back door and he he's he's handing out day old rolls. To the hungry children, yeah. or something—just something for the characters to see when the guy doesn't know he's being observed, or maybe doesn't know when he's being right. observed, depending on what you're doing. But that get that that will give that will give the players a little bit more depth to who this character is, which they might take advantage of, or they might you know decide they trust the guy or whatever. But it, any anything you can do in every opportunity you have to give the players a little more depth of your NPCs is going to make them seem a little more real. Yeah, because totally agree. I mean, it, it's it, it's and like the the guy who sells swords in the sword store. What is he doing when there's no guys in the store? Mm-hmm. Is he just sitting there waiting for someone to come in? Is he in the back sharpening blades or forging new ones? Is or? he in the back training because he's really? 
you know, he is really the best, the greatest swordsman in the kingdom, and nobody knows it. Sure. Or, or is he painting because he absolutely hates violence? Or maybe he's doing. And embroidery. he just really would really love to just like paint the ceiling of the next cathedral that they make in town because he doesn't really like fighting that much. Sure, <laughs> a million things. Or maybe he go- goes into the back and gambles with his cousins because he's got a gambling addiction. Oh. Who knows? I mean, there's it could be, and but for to give the players a little a little mm-hmm. bit of insight into these characters when they're not directly interacting with them, right? That's a great opportunity. It, it to, gives them, give them it back. gives them depth and and and, and weight. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's really what we're talking about is giving an NPC weight. And the trick as and as, all NPCs should be fat. Um, And as Kimmy started this whole thing out with It's those characters you have to come up with On the fly Is where the the real trick to this looks Mm -hmm. That's why I've included in my one note I've got this entire 424 sayings Of Shinsei So I can just go That one We need an app for that There needs to be a saying of Shinsei iPhone app. There really does. (laughs) Friends do not hold on to the past. They hold on to each other. Aw. Nothing offends anger more than laughter. Aw. (laughs) So the next time you're on on the the 405 and there's that guy who's totally raging out over traffic, just laugh at him. him. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Then he pulls a gun. (laughs) This is L.A. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's actually a thing. Yeah, it's really best not to make eye contact with people on the freeway. <laughs> that's yeah. really the safest thing in the world to do. Uh, oh, uh, our one must bow to offer aid to the fallen man. Ooh, I like that one. I like that. Yeah. I still think the the gift giving one is my favorite. That's so like green mm-hmm. glam. Oh yeah! Like, ooh, we can get. If we give something, we get something. Like, perfect. My faults derive from my parents. My virtues are my own. How foolish is this? (laughs) (laughs) All my bad traits are my parents' fault. I I, absolutely. If you are walking, walk. If you are running, run. Never meander. Oh, but meandering is fun. (laughs) I feel like that person's never run like a five k. <laughs> like, I just, I'm just going to say, like meandering, there's like something to be said for sort of half running. Fear is afraid of laughter. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, that would be great. That would be a great NPC. Yeah, or a yeah. PC. You guys should actually go through the list too. I feel like you should, have... we should each have to pick one for our characters. Yeah, I'm I just thinking idea. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although then you have to tell us which one you've already picked. No, no, it doesn't matter. That's true. You can have the same one because people can have the same philosophy. And I may even like like pick one for every session. Yeah. And who knows if it'll actually things will wind that way? But maybe. Yeah. So okay. All right. Well, there's some NPC stuff, and I think I don't remember what we got next week, but I've developed like three or four of them. There's a there's a on the forum. There is a I think it's under show feedback. Mm -hmm. I put a thing that we're doing this GMing. Uh, advice series. So, if there are specific topics that you would like us to tackle, mm-hmm. go there, put them in there, and we'll definitely use them. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do this probably for the next month or two. Yeah. Start every show with a topic about jamming, and then yeah. someone had suggested we do one for players as well, That's which cool. we could. My philosophy on on player advice is that. Uh, the the player who will actually go out and see, and seek advice on how to be a good player is a very rare player. Yeah, or brand new and have enough stuff to remember anyway. Right. <laughs> right. Because I mean, it, it's just I mean, I, I I would guess, and and maybe I'll do a poll at some point to find mm-hmm. out how many people consider themselves primarily GMs or primarily players right. who listen to the show, and I'll bet you it's like seventy five percent GMs. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know I don't for know. sure. But that's my know. that's my guess. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of people. Like, I if I am statistically looking at the time I spend doing each, I am primarily primarily a player. Right. Yeah. right. Even though, like, I love GMing too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's kind of an interesting question. I feel like a lot of our audience is people who aren't either right now. <laughs> There's right. always those unfortunate people who are like, "I'm not in any games. This is how I li- live vicariously through you guys." Okay. Yeah. I have no games. I'm so sad. <laughs> I'm actually sad because all of my games are on hiatus at the moment because stuff. Really? Except for the pirate game. Oh, good. Because I was like, what? No, no, no. no the pirate okay. game's not. Pirate game's not. But the other games were having hard. Uh, oh, 
Yeah. Difficulty scheduling. Well, and the holidays are coming up, so even with um, <coughs> uh, like uh, the stream, like please please keep looking at happyjacks.org slash schedule because there's lots of changes coming up because of the holidays and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to do a personal plug for a moment. I actually have an article that I wrote a few months ago about creating good NPCs for your games on my blog at goldenlasso.net and called Creating Cool NPCs or something like that. Oh, excellent. So cool. you can read that. And some of the advice that I already gave you came from that article. Brilliant. Yes. And I, I'm... I'm oh, it just comes back around. Yeah. I'm right. back working on my book on GMing. Really? Yes. What about your Moment of Truth stuff? That too. <laughs> the, the Moment of Truth co- core rules are, in my opinion, ready for editing and proofreading. Okay. I'm, I'm, oh, okay. Waiting to get in contact with an editor proofreader who mm-hmm. actually does game stuff specifically, right? Uh, to to get a quote and see how much it's going to cost me. Okay. Uh, and if I can swing it, I'm going to send her the files, and I'll just do it that way. Nice. And then I'll and then I, I may do the layout myself because I like doing layout. Mm-hmm. It's actually one of those things that I actually think is fun. Yeah. So I may do the layout myself. Okay. Uh, if that's the case, I'm then I'm going to have to start looking for artwork because. I can't art. No, that's one thing I can't. That you do. can't art at all. So, I'm, I will give myself some kind of budget for that. I really don't want to do a Kickstarter for it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, I I had originally planned to basically front everything, the cost for everything, out of my pocket. Right. And yeah, for the for the artwork that I want, I can't. Oh, really? Mm. It's that expensive. It's it's going to be that expensive. I'm, I'm probably going to use a lot of like, um, you know, you go on you can go on Drive Through RPG and they and there are artists that will like put up a bunch of their their line sketches mm-hmm. and stuff and uh-huh. sell it as uh, was it license free or royalty free? I can't remember. Royalty free, which basically means you, if you buy the package from them off of Drive Through RPG, the stuff that the you stuff. can use. Use the stuff, mm-hmm. and and that may be a lot of it. But I may I, I will probably want some kind of cover. Mm-hmm. I do have a cover already that I that I'll that I might use. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I, I just I'm not sure. I need like. Five section leaders and eight, eight to twelve chapter leaders, and then a total of like sixteen to twenty interior pieces and a cover. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a lot of art. Yeah. So that's talk a, to Dave Kaze. He's got a he he sent me a link to a bunch of places where you can get royalty free art. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it is quite good. That's awesome. Now, if yeah. you need specific things and you're trying to theme it in a certain way, I, I'm trying to theme it in a particular way. And I've, I've actually there's a guy whose art I really really <coughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so he's who I would like to get to do it. But I haven't even I haven't even talked to him about it yet, so I don't right. even know if he's available. Yeah, right. Um, but you art. I art, but it takes a, an enormous time commitment ah. to do that and do it well. That's true. Right. And you know so. Yeah, no, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's why I sew. <laughs> My art is sewing. I can do that. <laughs> I sewed a shirt, and it's the most uncomfortable shirt I've ever sewn. <laughs> well, because you only have done one. I've done so, one. I've done so, one. of course, it's it's also the most comfortable shirt you've ever sewn. It is, it is the most comfortable shirt I, shirt I have sewn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it is all things. All right. All right. Pacing a high travel campaign from Aislinn. Hi to the whole crew. Aislin. Aislin. On the forums here. I'm reading for I'm sorry. Uh, I have a, a, a campaign that I've tried to run a couple of times each time. I have screwed it up. Provided that the players go along with things, and they often don't. Uh, it I've is, never seen them do that. It, it's a game where the characters regularly have to cross a continent very roughly the size of Europe. I think. Isn't My thoughts are that, that like it, the size of Texas or something. It depends what it depends where in Europe. It depends yes. what your latitude is. Yes. Europe can be quite wide. It, well, is is Turkey considered part of Europe? Uh, I don't believe so. I think Turkey's Asia Minor. Yeah. Is it okay? Yeah, because I, I remember when I was in France, I was like, okay, so I'm driving across France today, and I left myself like a lot of time. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm here. I went. Oh, I'm from well, California, so driving across something or up. But where where did you start and where did you end? Because I mean, you can cross France by walking five steps if you start in the right spot. Well, no, that's not the spot. I, I was driving from um, like Paris uh, okay, to Par- see Mont Saint. Well, Paris is in the middle too. Right, that's true. But I, I just 
I don't know. I, th- I was crossing like half the country. I just kind of was like, yes. I mean, it's going to take like six hours, like oh, two country, and a half hours later. I was their like, oh. countries are small. Their countries are weak. I know. They're, they're, but they're, I mean, if you're trying to cross Europe and you st- and you're in a lower yes. lower latitude and you're going to like all, all the way out to the end of the Iberian Peninsula, yeah, that's going to take a that's long. that's a bit. Yeah, that's that's a that's long a long time. Yeah. Speaking of things being a bit mm-hmm. away, um, I routinely get asked by family and whatnot back east if we're if we're in danger from the wildfires. Oh yeah. Like, in Northern California? The wildfires are four hundred miles from home. Yeah. They're really far. Oh, maybe farther than that. Yeah. I don't where are they? Are they in the Bay Area? They were in like Napa, yeah. They're like Napa. Oh that's yeah, that's far. That's that's a ways. We can't even see the smoke. It's yeah. it's a long way from yeah. here. Yes. Hours of driving. The smoke, even at its highest, isn't getting high enough on the horizon for us to see it. Yeah. yeah. California's a very long state. Yeah, it, it is. Um, quite sizable. I get to drive up it on Wednesday. My thought is that it should take about a month to cross the whole continent. Obviously, this is on foot or horseback, I assume. Yeah, and I yeah th- that makes sense. I don't know. It depends where you're crossing. 30, call it 30 days on horseback at a regular pace is... Forty-five hundred miles. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a long way. Yeah, horses go fast. Yes, especially if they're used to long travel. If they have good roads. Yeah. Well, even then, oh. as long as it's flat spaces, like horses are pretty good about cro- crossing country. That ain't right, a lot of Europe. That, <laughs> but remember that you can only travel as fast as your slowest person. Right. Or your person who needs to take the most breaks. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Which is usually around ten. I have a story, but no. Unless, unless you're like me and you're old and you have diabetes and you have to pee a lot. Too much information. I have a hard time figuring out the pacing of these journeys. I don't want to trip the trip to be an instant. All right, you ride out of town, and a month later, you ride into town. However, at the same time, dragging it out day by day seems boring and pointless. Okay, day one, nothing happens. Day two, nothing happens. Uh, I would kill... For any advice on finding a middle ground where I can preserve the illusion that they are traveling for a while uh, without sending my players diving for their electronic devices to save themselves. Okay, well, first off, let's not kill anybody. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. It's, it's, it's not that drastic. Mm. Um, I have thoughts. Um, think about how a travel show works for a second. You don't see every little snippet, every little thing. No. You see the highlights. You th- see the things that are interesting. Right. We're here in Paris at the right museum thing. Right. And, and, and now and we're in... Yeah. Right. And then we're going to skip a little bit. And we're right. going to... Um, and how many times in a movie do we see where things happen? And then the next clip is the train going around the bend off... Or Indiana Jones. Right. Where it's the picture of the map with the with little the dotted little line where the airplanes fly. And you have the... Yeah. Right. Overlay the plane. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, but that's how you convey these, the sense of traveling over distance and time. Uh-huh. But you you focus on the things that are dramatically relevant, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So when something happens, and the other thing I, I wrote down here is, do not leave anything to chance. So it's yeah. not a day one roll to see if something happens. Day two roll. No, no, no. I wouldn't do that. You yeah. decide these are the things that are going to happen along <coughs> their trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they happen, and then you have a travel montage. And, and I think it's important if you want it to not just be, okay, you guys leave for your trip and you have a month's worth of food and water. Okay, you're there. If you don't want it to be that, and there, I mean, there's, it's perfectly okay to hand wave travel like that if if the travel's not dramatically relevant to what right. you're doing, yeah. or if you don't want it to be. Yeah. But if you are going to have, if you want to have a situation where you have, determine ahead of time moments to say. Okay, when the party gets to this point, they're going to come across a traveler who's being waylaid by highwaymen. And when they get to this, and it might be have a story relevance to it, maybe it's just an interesting event that happened while they were traveling. Or as they're coming into this city, they see um, a, a bunch of people leaving and the city's under siege. Mm-hmm. So they can either get involved or they can go around because that's not their adventure. Their adventure is over there. It's that way. Right. So, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Just g- come up with, figure out uh, two or three things and, and narrate it out. If you want to actually give them the feeling of the time that the travel is taking, yeah, d- 
do a little bit of resource management. You don't have to do a lot of it. You don't have to get into the the infinitesimal part of it, but have 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 it, the things come up where okay, uh, it's been a week. Everyone mark off seven days worth of food and, and seven days of water, and give them a little bit of narrative mm-hmm. about that. Not not interactive role play. This is narrative, right? Yeah. So okay, so you've been traveling for a week. Uh, make sure you mark off a week's worth of rations and, and water and whatnot. And while you've been traveling, and I like to farm this out. Mm-hmm. I like to farm this out to the players. So, what was the weather like while you were traveling? Right. What, what you know? What did you see? You know, tell me. Savage Worlds is a great mechanic for this. Right. Um, it's called the interlude mechanic. Mm-hmm. And basically, you ask them a question, um, and there's there's a card mechanic where you you draw a card and it's. If it's um, spades, it's something about um, a, a combat kind of thing. If it's hearts, it's it's a social or romantic kind of thing. If it's diamonds, there's treasure. Um, if it's a club, there's some kind of hardship that comes up. And the player comes up with a story about that, that thing. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a chance to let them be the ones to do the narrative. Sure. So one, you don't have to do it every time. Right. And two... It brings them into it. Um, now, I will will warn you that you're going to have some players who go, uh, 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 nothing, nothing happened. Right. Nothing happened. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Just two to one. Yeah, I, I mean the, the it doesn't have. I, I when I used to run my old groups game, I would do the whole thing where every day go through every day, and Brian used to push on my arm. So I'm like, what are you doing? I'm looking for the fast forward button. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and, and I, but I learned eventually to just <coughs> cut that out and go ahead and if there's something interesting happening, slow the time down and go ahead and, and, and deal with the interesting thing. Let, let, let's look at what is possibly the most ubiquitous travel story mm-hmm. in, in all of gaming resource. Okay? Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. They traveled a year. Right. And but we only see the parts that are dramatically relevant. Except when one of except when a hobbit is longing for home. But go ahead. Well, <laughs> that's that's every day at elevensies, but um, <laughs> But but we still we have that and then we move along. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, um, but yeah, the the key point here is that we touch on we stop at the points that are dramatically relevant, right? And we pause at the moments that are narratively evocative, things that give us good good mm-hmm. flavor, good and and set the, the tone and the stage and the the surroundings for what we're doing, right? But now I think that's that's my recommendation mm-hmm. for how to do it, yeah. Well, there you go. Thank you, Boom. Eastland. Yeah. Uh, character abilities and a lack thereof shaping campaigns from Tony and Finland. Who would like to read this? I'll do this. All right. Hi there, bags of douche rain. <laughs> rain like like raining like a king, not R A I N. Um, because that douche bad. rain is gross. It'd be bad. <laughs> um, greetings <laughs> from your friendly Finnish er, uh, Earth Down GM. Dawn. Earth Dawn. Sorry, Earth Dawn GM. When designing adventures and challenges for my players, I try to take into account these factors, among other things. What kind of abilities do characters have? What kind of abilities do the characters not have? Two examples from my Earth Dawn campaign. One of the characters was an archer. If someone creates a character with that class, I assume that the player would like to do cool stuff with a bow. Therefore, I tried to come up with encounters where a bow would be really useful. For example, I had an evil wizard spy on them with a crow familiar. A couple of twang, shoosh, later, and there was a thwop. And yesterday, uh, yay for the archer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like someone who does better mouth sound effects should probably have read this email, but whatever. Yay for the archer. Yeah. Oh, or I'm, yeah, I'm a, a couple I'm of twang. I met the Yeah, there we go. And Thank you, thank you. Splurk. Insert all of that into my reading. <laughs> thank you. We need to get you into more comic books, though, Kimmy. Yes, that's something my life needs. No, actually, Mad Magazine. Mad Magazine oh, okay. would be good. That's where you get words like doot. Well, I have the words. I just don't have the... Like, my, I go doot, and it sounds... No, doot. Doot. 
Okay. I have the words. I just don't have the... I don't know. You just did it. I know it's weird. That was very good. Spectacular. All right. I'm leveling up in my onomatopoeias. Um... Uh, the char- uh, example for lack of ability. The characters decided to walk through a massive jungle, although they had other options. In Earthdown, there is a character class called Scout, which so- uh, specializes in survival skills. The group didn't have a scout, didn't hire one, and had no survival skills. I made them feel it. I used the survival rules in the game to the hilt. The characters had to find water, food, shelter. Whenever they missed a survival roll, they got negative uh, modifiers on actions due to fatigue. This made them be more cautious, and they tra- uh, and they tried to avoid combat encounters until they got healthy again. My attitude is that if the game uh, has a character class focused on survival, I feel that those rules should count, even if the party doesn't have a scout. I don't. Uh, I didn't use the rules as someone made a scout later on. What good would their ability? Uh, oh, if I didn't use the rules as uh, and someone made a scout later on, what good would their abilities be? The caveat to this, of course, is that if you agree with the players, uh, is that you agree with the players beforehand that you won't be using survivor rules, and those abilities would then be worthless. Right. Also, when using a generic system like GURPS... yeah. During session zero, you should have a chat about what the game is going to focus on and which abilities and skills would be most interesting. That way the characters aren't stuck with skills that are not going to be used. In the end... I'm going to invert that in a minute. That's what I was about to say. You could also wait and do your adventure after the characters have been made. Yeah. Because you could write your adventure to fit the characters that they made. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your last Sorry. That's like... Making a, a meal with the like the ingredients you have already—that's amazing. That's a great idea. Nice. That's like going to the supermarket and buying what you need, and then going home and making dinner rather than saying, "I'm going to make chicken tikka masala." With the things I have. With what I have here. Okay, I have turnips and mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. Excellent. Uh, in the end, I think the crux of the biscuit is that the players never get to use their abilities. Uh, that if the players never get to use their abilities, the game is going to be less fun for them. True that. However, I think that sometimes highlighting abilities or skills that the characters do not have can make the world more interesting, and True perhaps that. a player might spend some XP to raise that survival school skill in order to round out that character. Certainly, sure. absolutely. Yeah, totally. Keep jacking the happy Tommy. Uh, magic uh, underscore octopus on the forums. Cool. Um... I take the view that if if a player puts a skill on their character sheet, they want that skill to come up in the game. Absolutely, they want that yeah. to happen. It's the same thing as with hindrances or... Well, if it's a game system where you get to pick. Hey, Traveler. Yeah. <laughs> even then... That's like, a, even, even then... My character has a foreign admin. I really don't want to use my <laughs> skill every time. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a fair cop, but at the same time, if I can find a way to make that interesting, sure, absolutely. and relevant, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, if they have to break in a place and find information. That's very exciting. Like I had a really good point coming. Is that someone's phone? That was mine. Okay, because there's no trains here. <laughs> no, that was a dramatic. That was a dramatic. That was the, like, that was the dramatic noir chord. Oh, I thought yeah. it was a train. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, they're so dramatic that I actually forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> no, but if they break into a place and they have to find information in the offices of you know the the empire or whatever, suddenly that admin skills like holy shit! I've got four admin. I, I can do that. I can totally. I know do that. how to navigate the bureaucracy. Yeah. I can. I know how to penetrate the bureaucracy. This so. is Unix. I know this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here's kind of my here's kind of my prime example for this is when a player spends. Uh, points on social skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they never come up in the game because all they ever do is fight. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, I, and and to, be, to be completely fair in it, and in complete disclosure, I did this. I did this to Gina. I didn't mean to, but I did. Right. Because she made a face character, a character who was, you know, very social and, 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 and you know, persuadey and whatnot, and I never did anything with it until... You know, several sessions into the game, she said, "Hey, are we ever going to do anything where I get to be persuasive?" I was like, <laughs> "Yes, yes, we are." <laughs> um, you know, and, and and I think it's totally fair that you know we can all forget. Oh sure, and, and you know, get wrapped up in the idea of what's going on and not let them use those skills. I think another key point here is that if they want to use something that they have. 
in an interesting way that maybe doesn't fit the vi- vision that you had for for whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. I say give them the benefit of the doubt and let it at least have a fair co- fair chance of working. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so you know if they come, if your idea is they're going to go fight these bandits, and, and that's going to be the thing is we're going to fight these brigands, and the the persuadey character goes, no, no, no I want to talk to the brigands because I want to try to get the brigands on our side. Right. I think you have to give that a fair chance of working. Sure, absolutely, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like the ideas that you have that he's expressing here. Of you know, if they have abilities. Use those. Make highlight those. Make those count. And if they don't have abilities, use those as opportunities to create drama and tension. Yep. And and, and put stress on things. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it, yeah. That not having the one guy who can do the one thing that would solve this problem there gives you a whole adventure. I mean, I remember yeah. I remember running GURPS when with with three wizards in the party, and some some of them had two paid spell lists. And it was tough coming up with an adventure that one of them didn't have just the right combination of spells to be able to solve the problem all by themselves. Right. It was very common. And, yeah, I mean, when you have those moments when that skill doesn't exist, not having a healer, you've got someone who maybe isn't just injured, maybe they're poisoned. Yeah. And you can't, and they're... There's a time constraint here. Right. You've got to get them to someone. And who now you've got a now you've got a whole dramatic thing about how are we going to fix this? Right. We don't have a heal bot, and this is why if they don't have a healer, I won't just like throw a heal bot into right. the game, is because no, you've just given me the opportunity for drama, mm-hmm. for for stress and and tension and a lot of it. Yeah. Especially if it's a fighty game. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah. But you know, yeah, that that thing. Okay, uh, GURPS. G- uh, thank you, Tony. Tommy. Tony. Tommy. 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 Uh, Tommy. A GURPS GMing success story from Bill in Longmont, Colorado. It is my turn. It is your turn. It's I will. A, it's a one-page email. Yeah. It's a one-page. One page. One page. One gigantic page. <laughs> That's not that long. Dear Alstubaba and the Douchey Thieves. That's a new one. I think it's a new one. Do we have a, have a? Are we cataloging these? Anymore? No, we probably should. Someone who listens to the backlog, next person who listens to the backlog, if you wouldn't mind cataloging all of these, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Thank you. If you do that and send it to me, I will do something nice for you. I don't know what yet, but I'll do something nice for you. I want to share my ongoing success story with you and your listeners to give you something to chuckle at and possibly inspire someone to run a game or start a group. I started playing D <coughs> when the Moldavi basic set came out in 1981. I was eight. Um, you're sn- not a whole lot younger than me, dude. <coughs> Over the years, I accumulated tons of, of Dragon and Dungeon magazines, many box sets from AD&D 2nd Edition, lots of gazetteers from BC, uh, BECMI, and so forth. Until recently, I hadn't run or played a game in probably 15 years, and that was on IRC. I hadn't played face-to-face since the 90s. So, I have all this adventure material just <coughs> sitting around collecting goblin dust, I decided to start a group and use GURPS, Dungeon Fantasy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to run some of the material. I haven't seen this yet. I'm, I'm assuming it's just GURPS boiled down into a... Uh, it's basically GURPS basic with um, fantasy um, flavoring. Okay. Um, I have the box set. I'll bring it up so you can see it. I'd like to, I'd like to see it. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I talked my wife and my in-laws into playing uh, Caldwell's Castle from B1-9 in Search of Adventure using a very light and loose DF rules. They weren't all that into it, and after my wife left me, hopefully unrelated, the game wasn't <laughs> that bad, the group sort of fell apart. I can't see why they wouldn't want to play a game they were barely interested in with their ex-son or brother-in-law. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. What the fuck? <laughs> I, don't know. Um, I had to regroup. I talked a few co-workers into playing. Uh, the only slot available to everyone was 11 p.m. to 2.30 a.m. on whichever of Tuesday or Thursday night we were all free in a given week. Oh, dear God. We Jeez. dark hours. Um, I'm old. I go to sleep by then. <laughs> I created basic versions of the D&D classes using 150 points and the DF templates as guidelines and let them each choose one and tweak it a bit. We started out with a barbarian, a knife-throwing halfling, I said a funny thought. A bard. Later we added my new girlfriend, <coughs> success number two, and her daughter, 
Elven Ranger and Pyromaniacal Wizard, respectively. I'm going to guess the kid played nice. the Pyromaniacal Wizard. Yep. Because <laughs> all kids are pyromaniacs if given the opportunity. Um, well, it doesn't say, like, child. Like, we don't know like, oh, that's ages. I'm. Yeah. Uh, the, How old are your kids, Chip? Um, my eldest daughter will be 30 <laughs> there <you> next go. <laughs> week. And my youngest is 24. Right. So the daughters may not be like your yeah. daughter. <laughs> well, that's true. My daughter is. Your daughter will still make a pyromaniacal she... wizard when she's thirty. Oh, given the opportunity, yes, she yes. will. Um, and her daughter, though the latter can only play occasionally due to the fact that she's in high school. Oh, okay, there we go. Oh, there you go. And her mom won't let her stay up until two thirty a.m. playing games for some reason. What? We even had on a weekday, even on a, a weekend. Uh, they play Tuesday or Thursday. Oh Tuesday. yeah, mm, no way. Um, we had a druid, but scheduling got in the way of that, unfortunately. And a couple of weeks ago, the you know, bo- druids are always hard to schedule. I know, right? You know, they have this weird, weird concept of time. They think everything is like sun, you know, the mm-hmm. sun and moon and whatnot. It's weird. Right? I played a druid. <laughs> I made the damn schedule. And the barbarian's girlfriend joined us and is playing a monk. I have no idea how to GM a monk. I've never played one. This should be fun. Um, everyone, everyone's been having a blast. No one aside from me knew how to play GURPS, and I've never actually played. Most of them, I had never even heard. Most of them had never even heard of it. Yeah. I told them they didn't have to know anything but how to roll dice and have fun. That's what they did, and it's working. Uh, the barbarian has super jump and axes named ass splitter and groin gasher. Nice, as you do. Uh, the bard has an ice harp. And likes to draw wieners on the faces <coughs> of statues. He's 19. Yeah. Uh, before we turn them back to flesh after killing the Medusa and acquired a white ape ally. Okay, did you guys hear about the pilot who drew a penis in the sky I with did. smoke? I did. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's been, he's been grounded. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, you Why? just... You just, you just Let's he's, pitch in and get him a medal. Because he's... <laughs> Is it Navy or Air Force? I forget. But it's like, yeah, no, the military isn't going to frown on that. Oh, oh, he's a military pilot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. it was just like some guy who nope. like had a plane. Oh. Nope. And apparently it's not the first time it's happened. Of course not. <laughs> because, well, never mind. Because guys draw penises on everything. I can say this in my years as a school teacher. Like, it's a thing that happens, no matter what age. And if you are, if you are uh, serving in the military, you're still in the age where you think that's hysterical. You it's think that's hysterical. hysterical? Yes, still hysterical. but I don't draw them anymore. No, don't well, believe very, that. Very rarely. No, <laughs> it's not necessary. Yeah, I literally like two days ago took this little paper from my kid in my class, and there's a little penis on it, and he's just like mortified looking, and I was just like, do not laugh, do not laugh, look disappointed, don't laugh, throw it in the trash, don't laugh. Yeah. See. <laughs> The halfling, who has kleptomania, steals everything he can, and his targeted attack eye with knife and crossbow is so high, I'm finding it difficult to challenge him without making everything puddings and jellies. (laughs) However, return missile has a defense against a crossbow targeted attack to the groin is fun. Excellent. Um, And yes, he failed his knockdown and stunning check and passed out. Uh, the ranger is just getting started and hasn't quite found her stick <coughs> yet, but she certainly likes being able to kill two two mooks a turn. Don't kill mook. We like mook. We like mook. No, it's small m. These are generic mooks. Okay, small m. Okay, as long as you're not killing, you know, the, the mook. The mook. Yeah. Capital or, or, M mook. No, yeah. he's a cool dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the highlights has been their revolving door clerics. No one in the party can heal, so they bought lots of healing potions and hired a cleric. Their first cleric left because he was a good guy, and they're a bunch of murderous assholes. The next one was chaotic cleric in the laws, and the the in-laws had met in Caldwell's castle. I turned her into a mage who was pretending to be a cleric for hire and let the party hire her. Uh, They liked her, and she was a nice fit. I developed some motivations for her, and now she's off-scene waiting for a good time to come back. Building the NPC cleric, each adventure has been somewhat of a group activity. I, yes and, all of their suggestions and comments, whether they like it or not. Most recently, the cleric they hired wound up being a 76-year-old firecracker named Kane, who wore full plate armor and wielded a flail that was too heavy for him to use effectively. <laughs> nice. But he had create water and water to wine, so they let him stay. <laughs> After they cleared half of the Caves of Chaos and beat the shrine, the other half surrendered and subjugated themselves to the PCs to save their skins. Now the party has a small goblinoid army in reserve led by some NPC friends they made in the same adventure, and I can try out some GURPS mass combat rules sometime. Excellent. Nice. 
Uh, they're about to finish up B19, or at least the parts of it I'm going to run for them, and then we're on to other things. I have tons of old material to use. I have a lot of old D&D and AD&D modules. I'll probably look at some X-series, Expert AD. <coughs> I'm itching to run the Temple of Elemental Evil or the Queen of Spiders, but that's probably going to kill them. Yes. Yeah. So we'll probably run those separately. I may run some Alkadim stuff <coughs> on the side so the high schooler can play. I have Spelljammer that I'm going to convert into some variation of Sailing the Clouds and Skies. I have lots of Greyhawk, Ravenloft, and Forgotten Realms crap. And of course, there are all the unused ideas bouncing around my noggin. Uh, there's plenty to choose from. They've been <coughs> saying lately that they want to fight a dragon. That's risky. And yeah, are disappointed is. that they haven't seen one yet. So that's going to happen. Remember, they're playing GURPS, not D&D. Wish them luck. Yeah. They, yeah. They, I, I, the only mm. time I can recall putting a dragon in a game is when I ran the um, uh, Vietnam-era game. Oh, yeah. Where a bunch of U- U.S. soldiers go down into a into the underdog. Yeah. Yes, and they were able to kick the shit out of a dragon with automatic. That's rifles. super awesome. It actually, was not very difficult for them. No. <laughs> um, the last time I put a dragon in a game was the Pathfinder game I ran uh, for Gina and uh, some other folks, mm-hmm. and so they go into the lair of the dragon. They don't know it's a lair of a dragon. Mm-hmm. They just there's supposed to be treasure. That's always best. Yeah. It's supposed to be a treasure. <laughs> That's the only way they get in really there and they the realize game. it's a dragon and in true dragon fashion it wakes up. Right. Yeah. yeah. Actually the dragon was awake the whole time mm-hmm. because it was one of my dragons. My dragons, you don't find my dragons asleep. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't happen. But he's he's acting like he's asleep and is literally just like laying waste to them. And Gina goes, huh, feeble mind. And uh, I, went, I said, okay. <coughs> you have to get past his his spell de- his spell mm. defense. She rolls, gets past his spell defense. I said, okay, now he's got to roll saving throw. One. Oh shit. Okay, she just feeble minded my dragon. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a cool moment for a player. No, it's a beautiful moment because you made it hard and they still succeeded. Right. And and yeah. they went into it thinking and, they were going to die. Right. Yeah. And the dragon now having an animal level intelligence is like, yeah, I want to get foe. That's all I want. I want to yeah, get right, foe. Right. I just want to get out of here. They're hurting me. I'm asleep. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, I realize that game blogs are a dime a dozen these days, but if anyone wants to read the summaries of our adventures, search for the In Search of Adventure group on Facebook. Uh, thanks for the hard work and weekly entertainment. I wouldn't have started playing again if not for you guys. Excellent. Yay! Awesome. Um, I'd like to hear some more stories from people who have combined GURPS and old school D&D. Cheers. Nice. Bill Long Bill in Longmont, California. PS drink Colorado. Thank. Colorado. I Whatever. said California, didn't I? Col- you said California. I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm a bad person. Yeah, but that's different. Well, yeah. <laughs> Unrelated. Unrelated. Um, now I think that that sounds like a totally fun awesome game. It yeah. does. Um, and um, uh, Mike Olson who from Fate mm-hmm. um, likes to take and mash up um, D&D adventures and then do them in Fate. Mm. Which is a lot of fun too. Right. Yeah. All right. That's cool. it. We're all done. That's all we got. That's all Amazing. we got. That's it. Well, you do the thing after this one. Oh, we're not playing Moat tomorrow, right? Right. We're not playing Moat. No Moat. And if um, we could get Stork, we could do L5R character gen, but Stork can't make it. Stork can't make it. You know, if Stork can't make it, we can always like swap him out for another player. <laughs> I have someone in mind. Really, the way to, to handle that is kill just me. kill him. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah, no, he'd definitely kill you. It totally would be dead moment. Um, so yeah, um, like I said, the next couple weeks with the holidays and stuff like that, our schedule is a little bit haywire. Um, I am uh, updating our schedule at happyjacks.org/schedule. Check that out. <coughs> also, make sure you're following us on, on Twitter because um, that's generally where things are getting yes. posted if things get canceled. We also post it on the Twitch page itself. Um, but sometimes there's a little bit of delay I've noticed in that, which is a little odd. I don't know why. Really? No. The, the, the actual event list doesn't update right away. Oh. So um, they wanted the cool art and stuff that I spend hours doing because for some reason you can't do reoccurring events. So every event has to be created separately, even if it happens every week. I'm not bitter. It's fine. Um, well, yeah. I mean, Twitch is in beta. I mean, <laughs> yeah. right? They are in beta, right? Well, the no? new Twitch beta. They're doing a new, a new beta. A new beta. For a new, a new site. the whole thing. No. no. Well, oh, it isn't. No. no. Just the new look of it. <laughs> Twitch has been around for like a, day, a really long yeah. time. They're not in beta. Mm-hmm. 
Windows has been around a really long time too, and I tried to restart my computer. Point. <laughs> point. Okay. Good point. But Microsoft released Windows ninety five to the public with sixty four thousand documented bugs. And that's just the ones that they told people about. That's true. true. People suck. All right, we're done. All right, thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, Check out HappyTalks.org.com schedule. For new stuff? Yep. Here we go. Why do you think it's so quiet? We're listeners of HappyTalks.org. Thank you for joining us for Season 20, Episode 14 of Happy Happy Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Kimmy. I'm Jim. And we'll see you next week. And uh, Monday we got a game... We do. And Wednesday we got a game. No yes. game tomorrow. Maybe something might come yes. up, but who knows? We'll see. And then uh, next Friday. Ready. Joint Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you very much. We'll be here. We'll leave the song. Yes. Tonight, oh love, fare thee well. With me to the idle doodle dum da Me to the idle doodle dum da Me rake spot to the laddie. Oh, there's whiskey in the jar. Oh, whiskey or the devil, you're leading me astray. Over hills and mountains into America. You're a sweeter, kinder, decenter. You're spunkier than tape. Oh, whiskey, you're my darling, drunk or sober. Well, the French are fighting boldly. Men are dying hot and coldly. Give every man his flask of power. His firelock on his shoulder, oh love, fare thee well. With me to the riddle doodle da da me to the riddle doodle da da me right full to a laddie, oh there's whiskey in the jar. Oh, whiskey or the devil, you're leading me astray. Over hills and mountains into America, you're a sweeter, kinder, decenter, you're spunkier than tape. Oh, whiskey or my darling, drunk or sober. Says the mother, don't you wrong me, don't take me daughter from me, for if you do, I will torment. You and after death me ghost will haunt you love fairly well With me tether idle little lamada Me tether idle little lamada Me rightful to a laddie Oh there's whiskey in the jar Oh whiskey or the devil You're leading me astray Oh hills and mountains Into America You're sweeter, kinder, decenter You're spunkier than tape Oh whiskey or my darling Drunk or sober Whiskey or the devil, you're leading me astray Over hills and mountains into America You're sweeter, kinder, decenter, you're spunkier than tape Oh, whiskey, you're my darling drunk or sober